0: Welcome to Between the Headphones, a Georgia football podcast. I'm Stuart Steele, the sports editor at the Ren Black, and your host for this podcast series. Each week, the Ren Black football beat will look back on the previous week's game and preview the matchup for next week. In this episode, I'll speak to assistant sports editor John James about Georgia's 42-20 win over Florida and preview the Georgia-Tennessee game with football beat reporter Park Patel. Welcome to the show, John. Thanks for having me, Stuart. So Georgia's coming off a 42-20 win over Florida, and I I was curious what your thoughts were coming out of this game because I think it was a bit of a mixed bag, obviously, particularly that third quarter, and I wanted to see where you were at on the game.
1: I think Stetson Bennett had one of his worst games of the season, and Georgia still won by three touchdowns, which is encouraging, but against a team like Tennessee this upcoming weekend, against a potential Alabama in the SEC championship, you're going to need Stetson to be a lot better than he was on Saturday.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think that's a fair criticism. I mean, that third quarter, I think, is also... Everything in this game was really colored by, like, looking ahead to Tennessee for me. I mean, not that I was looking past Florida as an opponent, necessarily, but once it got to 28-3, to you kind of feel good, and then they start to collapse a bit, and it gets to 28-20 to with those two turnovers, the blown coverage down the right sideline. And I think that's a a big concern, because if you have a stretch like that against Tennessee, it could be night-night for Georgia. I mean... Could be game over. I mean, if you let that happen against Hendon Hooker and that just potent offense, it could be a. I mean, you could lose by 20 right off the bat if they come out like that.
1: In a lot of these games, Georgia has had like weird lapses on defense where they just have a stretch where they miss a coverage or they miss a tackle and someone breaks out. And I don't know if it's going to be a continuous thing or if it's just like a one time mistake. But against Tennessee, I don't think you can afford those mistakes.
0: Yeah, I mean. Watching Tennessee play Kentucky, for instance, I mean, they just rolled over them. And receivers are getting wide open for Tennessee. And I think Georgia's been turning some guys loose down the field, and Florida was a good example of it. Keely Ringo had another play where he just mistimed his jump entirely, and instead of just playing the ball and letting it come down, tried to make a make a diving play. I don't really understand why he keeps doing that. But, again, that's a thing where if you do it against Tennessee, you're probably paying for it with an 80-yard touchdown
1: thing that did encourage me about this game was that Georgia's offensive line looked the best it had all season possibly when Stetson was having a tough time and the defense was letting them down the offensive line really asserted itself and said Florida you are not going to win this game we are going to get eight yards a run and we are just going to pound it down your throat
0: yeah I mean Kirby talked about that drive after the score was cut to 28 to 20 where basically the O-line and Kenny McIntosh and John Edwards just took the game out of Florida's hands completely, the next drive as well. I mean, Georgia's running game in this game was very encouraging, I think. And even when Stetson was struggling, I felt the O-line was protecting him well. It wasn't like he was under pressure. I mean, unforced errors on the interceptions, I feel like the the miss to Brock Bowers that turned into a touchdown even was, was another bad throw. I think that's the biggest concern is just how Stetson Bennett looked overall because you're going to need his A game this week. One area that we've been kind of talking about throughout the season that we're concerned about for Georgia is their ability to finish off plays with sacks um, and just getting pressure in general. I think we've thought the pressure is usually there, but the sacks aren't necessarily. What did you see this game with uh, getting after Anthony Richardson?
1: I saw what I've been seeing pretty much the entire season for Georgia. When they get pressure on the quarterback, it throws them off schedule, and they throw incomplete passes, they just throw the ball away entirely, and it puts the other team off schedule for their offense, which, in transition, leads to Georgia getting more possessions and more points. So that was really, really encouraging on Saturday.
0: Yeah, I mean, I agree. I think they got after Richardson well. I thought Jalen Carter made a big impact in his return. He didn't post a sack, I think, in the end, but... He was just killing the guards and the centers. He was beating double teams some of the times and just getting through immediately. I mean, I I think he's such a key piece for Georgia, and I think it's so good that they got him back before the Tennessee game and were able to even break him in against Florida. And I I think he mostly was playing in third-down situations and kind of like pass-rushing spots, but that's going to be really valuable against Tennessee. The the one thing that's concerning about that is with the way Tennessee plays, they can potentially keep him off the field if he's not ready to go 100% because – I mean, they'll go no huddle, they won't sub, and suddenly Jalen Carter's stuck on the sideline for a whole drive. So I think the conditioning level with Jalen Carter will be a thing to watch this week um, just because I think he is so important to the the game plan for the Bulldogs.
1: Georgia's defensive line depth is definitely going to be tested against Tennessee just because of the high-tempo offense that they run. But I think that it's going to be tested even more because of the absence of Nolan Smith, who may or may not play at this point, but it's looking— doubtful that he'll be there for for georgia so tennessee tennessee's gonna have an advantage in that front
0: yeah i think the loss of nolan smith is big the depth on the edge in particular i feel like is a weak point for georgia's front i mean i think michael williams is a solid player he had a sack against florida um robert beal another good solid player but you want to have at least three or four guys you're comfortable rotating particularly against a team like tennessee that's gonna tire your defense out and i don't think that um chas shambliss is necessarily the guy you want in those situations. Not that he's even a bad player, but against the top-level team in the SEC, you're gonna need a a better athlete, I feel like. One thing that was good to see was obviously Brock Bowers having another one of those games that he seems to have every two or three weeks where he's just the best player on the field, and it's very obvious that he's the best player on the field, I think. The play of the game for me was that fourth and seven that Stetson got Florida to jump offside on, and it it showed his trust in Brock Bowers. It's just a fade down the right sideline was a decently thrown ball but the way bowers adjusted to that in the air was just excellent and it's like we've seen that at other times there was a touchdown against kentucky last year where he he had to contort and i don't even think he saw the ball in the air until the last second and i think it just shows how reliable he is and that in situations where georgia needs a play you know where they want to go with the ball
1: the thing that stood out to me against Florida was that, like, it seemed every time that Georgia had a deep pass play, it was to Brock Bowers, and he was the best player on the field for that singular play. In recent weeks, I've had some concerns about his usage in the offense. They haven't gotten him the ball as much as I'd like them to. They haven't looked his way as much as they probably should. But this game was really encouraging. It's just that there's they fall into lulls with Brock's usage, and that can be problematic when you need someone to get a, make a play against Tennessee.
0: Yeah. I mean, there were a couple other guys um, missed opportunities on some deep passes, including Darnell Washington, who obviously I'm a big fan of. Um, he had a drop down the left sideline on a play that could have potentially gone for a touchdown, probably not with Darnell Washington, but a big gain nonetheless. And then Lad McConkey had another really tough drop on a play where it was, just, I mean, he, he was coming back to the ball, but it was right there in the bread basket. And I think those are concerning plays that we continue to see. And In the absence of A.D. Mitchell still, you're going to need those guys to step up and make those plays when I'm sure teams are going to get wise to Brock Bowers. It's not like you're going to be able to get him in single coverage consistently. So I think that was a little bit concerning, but mainly the thing, the takeaway was just Bowers' elite ability. I wanted to go back to the running game. Kenny McIntosh had 90 yards in this game. I think Dajon Edwards had 106. It It was a good performance for those two with Kendall Milton still on the shelf. I mean, what have you seen from those two backs, and what does that mean for the team going forward?
1: The biggest thing I've seen from them is just explosiveness. It's their burst off the line. It's them making people miss in the tackles. It's them just straight out out outrunning people in the open field. It's just an ability to be more athletic than their opponents at a given time, and I think that's been something that we haven't seen as much early in the year, and it's coming up more later in the season.
0: Kenny McIntosh earned very high praise from Kirby Smart after this game for that, the drive after the touchdown and the way he responded to his fumble. I mean, he said he just had that look in his eye and he felt like Kenny was going to bounce back, and then he did. McIntosh runs with this physicality. I feel all the Georgia running backs kind of do, but McIntosh has a play almost every game where a guy just bounces off him completely and it looks embarrassing for them. And I, I think that's just so impressive. And then Dejon Edwards' ability to find the small gaps on his. 22-yard touchdown run, he found like a tiny crease and he just... yeah.
1: vanished. Like, <laughs> there was nowhere to go in that offensive line and he just found the smallest hole possible and it turned into a 22-yard touchdown.
0: Yeah, I think that's so encouraging, that, that ability to really just feel where you're supposed to go. I think they're both really good at that. And then I do want to give Branson Robinson a little bit of love again as well. The Stats don't jump off the page necessarily. He got in mostly late in the game. 9 for 35, but the way he runs, I think, is he's going to be an asset for Georgia late here.
1: You talked about Kenny running physically. Branson Robinson is the most physical runner on this team by far. He is looking to impose his will. He is looking for violence every time he touches the football.
0: Yeah, he's the back of these three that I feel like reminds me the most of Nick Chubb. The way he's built, the way he runs, and, and, and just shedding tacklers like it's nothing. I feel like he has such high potential down the road. I think even next season he's going to be a huge factor for Georgia. But he had a run called back as well down the right sideline where he showed off his speed as well. And it's just like, I feel like Georgia's backfield is so strong and is going to come in real handy down the stretch here. One of the big concerns coming into the Florida game is just containing Anthony Richardson. Obviously he's been such a threat with his legs, and he he wasn't really able to hurt Georgia in that, that facet of the game, at least with any major like long breakaway runs what did you think about georgia's ability to kind of hem him in and contain him
1: i thought georgia did a really good job in the game anthony richardson was breaking a bunch of tackles but that's because georgia was so quick at flocking to the football they were gang tackling him every time there were three four five guys on the ball at any given point in the game and that's because georgia did a really good job of containing anthony richardson i thought
0: yeah there were a couple plays i thought georgia specifically was using jalen walker the freshman linebacker to kind of spy anthony richardson i thought that was interesting just because there's going to be more mobile quarterbacks on georgia's schedule Hendon Hooker hooker's one of them and i wonder if we see that look again and if that was something they're maybe testing out or working on getting ready for down the stretch because that's also something you could employ against a bryce young or a cj stroud if you you come up against them and you're worried about them kind of gashing you with their legs thanks for coming on the show john
1: happy to be here too
0: to the show park thanks for having me Stuart. so obviously this week the the biggest game of the season for georgia by far is is on tap i mean number one georgia versus number two tennessee according to the ap poll we'll get those college football playoff rankings out um soon but um i just want to know your thoughts on tennessee generally going into this game coming off a huge blowout of kentucky that was you know obviously super impressive
2: yeah i mean i think tennessee's coming into this game firing on all there's like they have this whole season you know i think there was some talk about, you know, ten, you know, the this Kentucky game could be kind of a trap game for Tennessee if they kind of overlooked it, but you know, they took care of business at home. They, you know, their offense was impressive as always. I think the more impressive part was their defense. You know, Kentucky only scored 6 points in the game and Will Levis had one of his worst games ever. He threw 3 picks, didn't even top 100 passing yards, and you know, there's a lot of talk about, you know, Tennessee's defense you know hasn't been playing at a high level they're not that good but I think they I think their defense had one of their most complete games of the season And I think that's something you know uh, as Georgia fans that's something you've got to worry about coming in because I think Tennessee on offense and defense is coming off one of their more rounded games of the season
0: yeah I mean I think a lot of the momentum is in Tennessee's favor right now I think the offense like you said has been just pretty much unstoppable this season they're averaging 49 points a game um, and just killing people pretty much so but the defense, like you said, has not been as much of a strong point. They've allowed points, obviously, allowing 49 in the win over Alabama and something in the 30s to Florida as well earlier this, this season. So I think that's what a lot of Georgia fans have been banking on is kind of it being, being a shootout. Um, and right now, obviously, Stetson Bennett coming off, like we were talking about earlier, one of his worst games of the season. I think it's a little bit concerning to see whether Georgia can actually keep up with Tennessee at all.
2: Yeah, I mean, I think I think in terms of the defensive side, I think Stetson's going to have to do a better job because, you know, this Tennessee's defense is going to be ready to kind of try and, you know, just do something to, you know, keep their off, you know, give their offense, you know, some help and just, you know, let them build that lead because I think, you know, Tennessee's offense is going to be clicking. I, you know, I think everyone would be surprised if they weren't. I think defensively, is going to need to do a better job. Stetson's going to have to be better when he you know when he's making decisions because he had some ill advised throws against Florida and I think you know that if he does that against Tennessee and you know they get three and outs you know if they have a stretch like they did in that third quarter I think Tennessee could easily pile on 21 points and just you know build a lead that you know Georgia can't catch up to
0: yeah I mean I think one of the biggest keys to this game for me is just coming out strong early especially on offense I think You cannot fall behind against Tennessee. I think that's a recipe for disaster for Georgia. Georgia's going to want to be a balanced team this week. They're going to want to have longer drives, sustained drives, where you keep Hooker and the offense on the sideline, give your defense a little bit of a break. And I think that's the recipe for kind of winning this game and maybe keeping the score down, although I don't necessarily think that's going to work. But I think Georgia needs to score early and try to play from a lead, or maybe not a big lead even, but just – keeping pace with Tennessee early and hoping their de- the Georgia defense can make a couple key stops as well.
2: Yeah, I think I think you touched on it well. I think that last drive against Florida where the offense was able to kind of just run the ball and run out the t- I think that's kind of, you know, something to look out for Georgia's offense. And I think they're going to have to do a lot of that, you know, have long sustained drives just because, you know, I just don't know if the defense can keep up with the fast-paced Tennessee offense and the conditioning. I think we saw you know, going back to last year's SEC championship game against Bama, just how fast Bama's offense put up points in that second quarter. And then even going back to, you know, when they played LSU with that Joe Burrow offense, just, you know, offense got off to a slow start, you know, and then Joe Burrow just piled it on. And I think if Georgia, you know, this is going to be their third time going up against that, you know, quality of an offense. And I think running the football and just having, even if you're not scoring points in that first quarter, you can just take, you know, Four minutes off on that first drive, I think that bodes well for them, and just kind of running off the clock on Tennessee's offense and keeping the score down.
0: Yeah, I agree that that is a, a valid strategy. It's it's easier said than done, obviously, with a team like this. But I think that's what Georgia needs to bank on. One area of concern for me is the way Tennessee likes to to play opponents is with those horizontal passes. You know, throwing those quick screens, kind of loosening up the defense to take a shot and. Georgia has struggled with those at times this year. It's, it's an area where they were really strong last year because they were they had guys like Darian Kendrick that was in the mix, Nicobe Dean, and that linebacking core, Channing Tyndall, that were flying sideline to sideline, physical corner play. But I think one person Tennessee is going to go after a lot is Kamari Lassiter. I think this is a game where he needs to step up for Georgia or it's going to be a problem. I think we're going to see him get beat probably. And, and honestly, even if he plays well, we're probably going to see him get beat for a couple big plays because it's just the nature of the Tennessee offense.
2: Yeah, I mean, I think the offense is going to test the secondary. I think Lassiter is going to have to, you know, have a huge role. Same thing with, you know, Ringo. They both kind of didn't have their best game against Florida. They, you know, they lacked some coverage on some plays. But And I think if you do that against Tennessee and Jalen Hyatt and, you know, their other receivers, they're going to make you pay. So I think – I think the corners are going to have to step up. I think just the overall communication in the secondary, you, want, you know, when you have a young safety like Malachi Starks back there as well, I think they're going to all have to communicate on the same page because Tennessee is going to probably throw everything they've got with their wide receivers and just, you know, their horizontal offense and with Hooker leading the charge. So I think, you know, the I think Georgia's defense is going to have to communicate great, and I think the corners can't even, you know, they can't really even take a playoff. They just have to going to keep their guard up and you know try try to do their best to you know make those plays and even when they give up the catches, you know, just get the first tackle and don't have any broken tackles.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think another thing is just the fast pace that Tennessee plays with is going to be a massive test for Georgia. It's been a test for every team they've played this year. Obviously, this isn't necessarily a new thing for the Tennessee offense. They've already been this fast-paced team. It hasn't been as successful in past years and last year Georgia was able to hold them to 17 points. So you, you wonder if that's transferable at all? I mean, obviously it's a different defensive personnel. It's a different Tennessee team. But obviously Kirby Smart and the staff did a good job with that last year. So you wonder if they try to duplicate anything they did last year or play it the same kind of way or if it's a different year, different game plan?
2: Yeah, I mean, I think in my opinion, it's going to be different year, different game plan, just because you don't have those pieces on defense that you did last year. And, you know, as you alluded to, it's year two for, you know, Hooker in this Tennessee offense. It's kind of like, you know, Joe Burrow in that first year with LSU, they kind of start off slow and weren't in a rhythm, and they were just clicking in year two for Burr And I think, you know, Hooker's on fire right now. And I think, I think it isn't really going to matter what, you know, Georgia throws at them. I think Tennessee's going to be able to execute on offense. I think the biggest thing for, you know, Georgia's defense is to try and not be perfect but just make the right plays at the right time. I I think, you know, going with that mindset rather than, you know, like last year's defensive mindset where it's like, you know, we we wanna keep them out of the end zone. I think I think you've gotta go with a different approach to Tennessee where it's like you've just gotta execute on defense and just don't give up anything easy.
0: Yeah, I mean I think for both defenses it's gonna if it gets into a shootout it becomes something where you're you're trying to be the team that makes that play that gives your team an extra possession or two. I mean, and that can come in the form of a forced fumble, obviously an interception, but I think those are going to be the key plays in just weathering the storm of this Tennessee offense and being able to come up with the clutch stop, the clutch turnover that gives your offense an extra opportunity.
2: Yeah, I think I think turnovers will be the, you know, the biggest factor in the game and I do think, you know, I'd like to point out that since the game is in Athens, I do think, you know, that crowd noise could be a factor for Tennessee's offense, I don't think it'll be as, you know, big of a factor as, you know, the Arkansas game last year, just because, you know, Tennessee runs a lot of no huddle, things like that, but I think it puts, you know, a lot of pressure on Hooker, and, you know, I think we're going to see what Hooker's kind of made of, you know, this could be either his Heisman moment, or, you know, the moment might be too big for him, you know, because this is going to be Tennessee's biggest, road game all year I I think they're coming off three straight home games as well so they haven't been on the road in quite a bit of time too so it's going to be I think it's going to be interesting to see how Tennessee starts off the game as well
0: yeah and I think speaking to that obviously Hooker there's some pressure on him this week there's pressure on Tennessee but it it does kind of feel like they're playing with house money at this point because nobody really expected Tennessee to be this good like I thought they'd be I honestly thought they'd be the third or fourth best team in the SEC but I didn't see them being like this high-powered on offense, this well-oiled a machine, and I think but the, the person with the most pressure on them in this game is Stetson Bennett to me, and it, it's it's hard to say that because he seems like he's proven everything in a sense, where he did win Georgia National Championship and all that, but this season he needs to be the guy they lean on in these games rather than the defense, I feel like. He's kind of the the performer that you want to be able to rely on, and this is the biggest test of the season to see whether he can keep up with Tennessee's offense and whether he can perform at a high level and it's coming off the Florida game where I don't think anybody really thought he played particularly well he had his moments but he had a lot of misses he had a couple mistakes on interceptions it's just it's an interesting spot for Stetson and I'm, I'm curious to see how he comes out
2: yeah for sure I think this you know the most pressure on this game is going to be on Stetson you know this is why he came back you know after Georgia won and that is to be in games like this you know obviously this year there's no quarterback controversy like there was last year but you know this is why he came back he needs to you know step up in moments like this with his experience and he just needs to you know he just needs to do what he's been doing you know in his career and just like make the right plays he doesn't need to do too much but he just needs to execute the offense and you know I think in Florida he was trying to do a little bit too much trying to fit balls and tight windows but I think if he just focuses on you know just making the right reads and things like that I think Stetson can kind of relieve some of that pressure, and I think Georgia will do some of those quick throws early on and kind of just get them in a rhythm and just, you know, go
0: on from there. Yeah, and then, so another thing I feel like going into this game is a concern for Georgia is just having somebody other than Brock Bowers really step up this week. I think they're going to need one of these offensive skill players to play like a star, and th- I mean, that could mean, you know, Kenny McIntosh having a big game, running the ball or catching the ball, or, you know, maybe Ladd McConkey finally gets out of his funk and has like a big game like he had against Auburn last year He wasn't bad against Florida but had that key drop and then I think another thing is this is a good week to try to use Stetson's mobility I think and using his rushing ability to add an extra element that Tennessee has to worry about I I thought we'd see a little more of that against Florida and I almost feel like we didn't because Georgia wants to save some of those looks for this week but we've seen the QB draw be effective this year we've Stetson's had some of those read option pulls that that are killer plays at times and Often in third and two type spots or fourth and ones, you let Stetson roll out, and it's an extra threat they have to worry about. So, I think we could see Stetson gash Tennessee a couple of times with his legs.
2: Yeah, yeah, I agree. I think you know Stetson's mobility is definitely going to be a factor. I, and you know, just coming off kind of this inconsistent game against Florida, I think you know using his legs just gives Georgia an advantage in you know extending plays, taking more time off the clock, and I think you know just keeping the Tennessee linebackers on their feet, and I think that'll help you know help some of the skilled players get open and just extend plays and I think it's gonna you know help Georgia's offense you know just attack that defense
0: so before we get to our picks I did just want to ask for maybe an offensive player you see having a particularly big performance for Georgia this week
2: yeah so on the offensive side of the ball I think I'm gonna go with Kenny McIntosh I thought he really finished that Florida game after his fumble really well and I think you know, if Georgia wants to come out on top of this game, they're going to need his physicality running the football and, you know, as a receiver. So I think Kenny McIntosh is due for a big game.
0: For me, I think we see Ladd McConkey. to me, is, is screaming. Like, he, he's he's working towards a big game. He could have had it against Florida. Honestly, if he made that one catch, he might have had over 100 yards and a touchdown. But I think this is a week where Ladd McConkey needs to be good for Georgia, and I think he will be good for Georgia. I think... Those secondary receivers this week are going to be big, and I think another one that you could see something out of is Harris Jackson, who I feel like is underutilized at times by Georgia in that slot role, and I think we'll see good performances from those receivers. So on the defensive side of the ball, who do you see having a big performance?
2: Yeah, so I think I'm going to go with the veteran, Christopher Smith. I think, you know, he's a veteran in that secondary. He's coming off a really good game against Florida, and I think he's going to, you know, be ready and play play well against Tennessee.
0: For me, I mean, it's kind of an obvious one, especially after how he looked last week. But Jalen Carter, I think, is going to be disruptive in the run game and in the passing game. And I think he's going to cause problems for Hendon Hooker. And I feel like he makes a big play in this game. I feel like he's such a highly touted player, I mean, towards going pro next year. And I think this is a game where he really shows out and shows why he's one of the top interior linemen in the country. So last thing, what's your pick for the game and what's your score prediction? So I'm going Georgia
2: wins 42-41 off of Tennessee going for two in the fourth quarter, and they don't convert.
0: Oh, my God. That sounds fantastic. I would would watch that game. I'm going to go Georgia 38, Tennessee 35 in a shootout. We both have shootouts. But, yeah, that's what it looks like to me. I think it's going to be a big offensive game, and it's going to come down to one or two defensive plays like we were talking about. Well, thanks for coming on the show, Parth. Yep, thanks for having me, Stu. Thanks for listening to Between the Headphones. I'm Stuart Steele. You can find other episodes wherever you get your podcasts and on Renblack.com. For even more Georgia football coverage, visit renblackcom slash gameday. We'll tee it up Between the Headphones again next week.